Today's episode is sponsored by By Heart, which is an infant nutrition company built from the ground up to deliver real innovation on behalf of babies and parents. Their mission is simple, make the best formula in the world. In our house, we never skim on family time together on the weekends. Instead of racing around crazy, we prioritize time at home, time to relax, time to do fun, crazy things that we wouldn't have ordinarily. And you know who else doesn't skim? By heart. By heart is the only American-made infant formula with globally sourced ingredients to use organic, grass-fed whole milk without a drop of skim. Whole milk is full of healthy fats like naturally occurring MFGM, which play an important role in baby's brain development and growth. Are you curious about ByHeart? Redeem your welcome offer at byheart.com slash podcast with codename Zibby20 for a limited time. Hi, this is Zibby Owens, and you're listening to the award-winning podcast, Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. I'm also the host of Moms Don't Have Time to Lose Weight, and I'm the editor of the anthology, which you should run out and buy, called Moms Don't Have Time to, a quarantine anthology. All proceeds of that book go to COVID-19 vaccine research. And I'm the editor-in-chief of Moms Don't Have Time to Write, a new publication on Medium, and we're accepting submissions, so please send your personal essays there. And if all that isn't enough, you can follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens, and my website is zibbyowens.com. Okay, now back to this amazing podcast. Welcome to another day of the June Book Blast for this podcast. This is Rom-Com Friday, so enjoy all of these fun, lighthearted conversations about different rom-coms that I've read and profiled for the podcast. Enjoy. Wendy Francis is the author of Summertime Guests. She's also the author of The Summer Sale, The Summer of Good Intentions, and Three Good Things. A former book editor, she's written for Good Housekeeping, The Washington Post, The Improper Bostonian, and WBUR's Cognoscenti. She lives outside Boston with her husband and 11-year-old son and has two wonderful stepchildren. Welcome, Wendy. Thank you so much for coming on Mom's No Time to Read Books to discuss summertime guests. Thank you so much for having me, Zivy. I'm so happy to be here. I mean, just the image of this is like making me happy. The image of the cover and the multicolored (laughs) umbrellas and like laying out by the beach. I'm like, oh, that would be so nice. So anyway. I'm glad you like it. Yeah. I think the great, you know, covers are sort of, well, I don't know how it went with your cover, but I feel like you usually see lots of different incarnations of them. And this one, the publisher got just right the first time. So yeah, they nailed it. I was actually, when I started reading this book, I was like, is she talking about the ocean house? Because, uh, I <laughs> right? know. There was so much similar. There was so, and, and then you were like the covered portrait. Yeah, the porch. Right, right, right. Maybe. But then of course, yeah. fictitious. that in Boston. Yeah. No, I know. But that could have definitely have been, you know, a model for it. And I think in my mind, I was thinking of this place called Wentworth by the Sea, which is in New Hampshire, which is equally lovely and has its own storied history of presidents coming to visit and dignitaries. And so I started imagining that hotel transplanted in Boston by the Boston Harbor. And I saw your note at the end of the book, which was so interesting about what made you write this story and how you actually like tell the reader how you thought of the idea and all of that. So can you share 
share that story now with us live or whatever. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I'd love to. You know, I, I think authors have lots of different ideas percolating in their minds. Like how will this come, would this be a story or might I combine these two things together? And I knew in my mind that I wanted to write a story about like the different stages of love and, and marriages and different iterations. And I thought I wanted to do have like a, a young couple newly in love or engaged. And I wanted to have a married couple who just had a baby and, you know, are exhausted all the time and trying to figure the, <laughs> that out again. And what does this mean for our marriage? And then I wanted to have sort of a more rocky, volatile relationship, maybe to people who are very passionate about each other, but aren't quite sure if they're made to be together for life. And then Claire, who served the protagonist of the book, is has been married. I wanted to, to examine someone who who's a life of someone who'd been married for a long time and raised a couple of kids, but she's now widowed. And she's always kind of wondered about the one that got away, which is why one of the reasons why she comes to Boston. So those love stories were in my mind. And then I kind of stumbled upon the Seaport District, which was this new up and coming neighborhood in Boston that they'd all, they remodeled. It was basically park empty, abandoned parking lots. And suddenly it's been transformed into this hip, place with all these tiny restaurants and hotels and condos and it's a place to be and I thought you know my family and I were taking a walk there one day I thought how cool would it be if we had actually had this grand old hotel set on the water way back in the day that had its own sense of history and why couldn't I set my love stories there and have them all be guests or in one case one of those the owner uh, or the manager of the hotel and set it there so that's kind of how those those storylines collided. And yet saying it like that makes it seem like this is like a intertwining love story, but really like in the <laughs> opening scene there's yeah. a death. I mean, yeah. this is not like, <laughs> literally I was sitting reading and I hadn't read the back flap in like months since I uh-huh. decided to cover it. And I like started reading. And I was like, I went, oh, is this, is, was there an earthquake? And, and <laughs> And I was like, what? And then I like flipped it over again. I was like, I better read what this is about. Like, is it yeah. a thriller? Like, what did I yeah, miss here? I know. Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And there's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a mystery. And I don't, I'm not a mystery writer, but this one starts off with a death right in the first chapter. A woman plummets to her death from a hotel balcony. And it just, it seemed like a good way to bring all the storylines together because all these guests are here for a long weekend at this hotel, a summer weekend. And they're in various places in the hotel and in their relationship. When this woman falls, jumps, is pushed, we don't know, to her death in the opening chapter. And so, yeah, I guess that kind of propels the story line along. Definitely had me like sitting up in my seat. (laughs) 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 So that was great. And you did it like so early. Yeah. This is one of the first books where I, you know, people always ask me, well, do you know the ending and do you plot it out? This one, I knew the ending because I, well, as far as I knew, I knew that a woman died. And so, but I guess, interestingly enough, it wasn't actually a mystery at the beginning. At the beginning, you actually knew who the woman was. And in various revisions, I went back and revised it. So she could be a number of, or a couple, at least a couple of different people. I was really interested in the way you played with time. I always think that is so, it's such a key component to making like really interesting fiction, right? When people play with chronology and and Uh all that. And yours was like spelled out like a little before, a little after, like the week before that I was like, where are we going? So tell me about your decision and how it was to write that way. Because like, how did you keep all that, you know, back and forth? Yeah. Yes. Yes. 
copious notes. And I think lots of back and forth with my editor and my copy editor. And, you know, even up to the last minute, I was making changes in, you know, the page proofs because my copy editor caught a scene that was on the television and the hotel managers in two different TV interviews. And in one, he's standing off to the side and the other, he's actually at the front saying something. And then it gets watched by one of the characters in the book and he's in the wrong place. And that, and the one that they were watching, oh my gosh, you're right. <laughs> so just tons of going back and making sure well, this matches this and this, you know, when did this scene happen? And I've got to make sure he's wearing the same clothes or, you know, all those kinds of strange little details that, you know, you, you kind of don't think about at the beginning because I'm bad enough at having someone who has blonde hair than has brown hair by the end of the book. And so, you know, trying to get it right in the time frame was was challenging for sure. And and you know, I think my inclination is to not spell things out quite so clearly, but I think both my editor and copy editor gave me good advice and said, you've just got to ground the reader so we know like, is this a week earlier or where are we in the timeline? Because even though it all happens, the story takes place over one long weekend, there are a lot of flashbacks to, especially for Claire what her life was like um, before her husband died and for all the characters trying to kind of understand how they've gotten to where they are. So yeah, that took a lot of, <laughs> a lot of rewrites to get it right. I'm sure there's still a few in there that <laughs> need to be revised, but I'm sure hopefully not, not too many. <laughs> I also loved getting to know the French hotel manager, Jean-Pierre and Aww. Marie and his baby and his wife. And, you know, I always watch Whenever I go to a hotel and I like, like I sort of watch in amazement. Like, how does someone manage something this complex with so yes. many? Like, I am planning this retreat in yes <laughs> in I November, and the yes. amount of like yeah. stuff I've already had to deal with is like yeah. insane. And yeah. I'm not even running the hotel, so right. It's like your own little mini wedding reception again yeah. and again and again. Like behind yeah. the scenes, what's it like to be a manager at one of these yeah. amazing hotels? So tell me about that character and how you, like, did you do any research? Like, did you, yes. tell me, tell me yeah. about it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm so glad that he struck a chord with you because he's one of my favorites too, just from the perspective of he's trying so hard to hold it all together for the hotel. He's had this his death on the premises, he's trying to manage the day-to-day stuff, and then he has his wife at home who's sort of, you know, transplanted from their beloved Paris and is now trying to survive at home alone with a new baby, and I just, I guess I could really empathize with him and the fact he's trying to do everything right, but, you know, in his wife's eyes, he's not there enough, and it's hard to please everyone, so from character's perspective, it was fun to write his point of view, and I don't often do men sometimes I guess right from men's point of view but I felt found that he was a very empathetic easy to identify character to identify with but um, in terms of research yeah I had a friend of a friend her husband has managed various hotels so he was gracious enough to talk to me a couple of times and and then answer endless emails and things up right up to the pub date, you know, well, would this have happened? And how would you treat this? And, and even though, you know, he hadn't had a, a scene that had happened, an event that had happened like this at his hotel, he could tell me enough stories of things he had heard and people he'd talked to, and he knew the business and the ins and outs of, you know, that you, in your morning meeting, who you meet with and who you check in with, and then you circle the rounds of the hotel just to make sure that, you know, in the morning, and it's just a, a nonstop job and he said to me and I think it's in the book you know your hotel never sleeps and I never really thought of it that way 
the manager, the hotel manager goes home maybe at eight o'clock at night, but even while he's sleeping, you know, there's usually a night manager on or assistant manager who's making sure that people aren't partying or nothing crazy is going on. So it's, there's always something that you have to be thinking about, whether it's, you know, stocking, making sure the kitchen has everything, making sure that the hotel is in pristine condition, making, dealing with customer complaints, making sure, you know, it's just, it's endless. And I think you really have to be a great people person <laughs> to be a hotel manager because I don't, I don't think I would manage it very well. I think I would get tired of people complaining to me and say, look, you're in this gorgeous place. Right? Yeah. <laughs> How like- bad can it be? <laughs> okay. We can't bubble wrap our kids to keep them safe, but we can give ourselves some peace of mind now with the Life 360 app, which I am obsessed with. I first heard about this from a girlfriend at a party who told me that this was the app to use. So I got it. And now I am obsessed. It's a family connection and safety app that lets you track the people and things that are most important to you. And it's much more than sharing location. It is about safety. It keeps families connected and protected throughout the day. Plus, it helps you find your things. So I have tiles, one of which I put on my phone, which I lose 100 times a day, and I can find it through the app whenever I lose it. Also, it lets me put in locations of interest. So I get alerts when my kids reach school after taking the bus or when my husband gets to LA or whoever you want to track. You can do it with Life360 and feel very protected and safe and it makes life better. It makes peace of mind better. Life 360 has my family's back when they're on the road, and I can track their stuff too if I need to. Plus, of course, it's a lifeline during emergencies because you can have crash detection to know if one of the kids is in an accident and with two almost driver's license kids, that is super important to me too. So put away the bubble wrap and protect your loved ones with Life 360. Visit life360.com or download the app today and use code BOOKS, B-O-O-K-S, all caps, to get one month of the gold package for free, plus 15% off all tiles. That's life360.com, code BOOKS. I know, it's funny because I've been thinking about that too, and then, but I think that people put so much pressure on the experience because vacations mm-hmm. are so limited and mm-hmm. like really splurging in terms of price, but really also in terms of time, you want it to be perfect, yes. right? Like I yeah. only get, that's why like, right. like when flights get canceled and it's like, right. oh, I had like one day that I played right. or two days. Yeah. And yes. so I feel like people com- might complain more, even though it makes no sense, you know? Right. Like, right. And, and, and yeah, and they're not necessarily their true selves in those settings either. You know, the guests yes. might be more demanding because it has to be the perfect exactly. weekend getaway. Like one of the characters in the book has planned this birthday getaway for her boyfriend and she wants everything to go splendidly. And so I think, yeah, there is a heightened pressure that you're kind of not seeing people in their real environment. So you're not maybe seeing their true personalities, but yeah, we love to be spoiled. I love to be spoiled. I want to go sit by the pool on the cover and, you know, drink a margarita. Seriously, <laughs> let's do it. <laughs> I mean, that's, yeah, that's, that, well, November will be a little cool probably. Right? <laughs> Outdoor patio. But yeah, I think 
you know, it's, it is a time, a place where you just want to indulge yourself and yeah, somehow hotels manage to do it and then some put up with people's demands. So, but that was a fun part of it for me and trying to figure that world out. There was this, and and then, you know, the role of the police chief, like coming in and questioning people and everything. Mm -hmm. There was this golf club where I spend some time in the summertime and I wasn't a part of this, but there was like this horrible thing where somebody ended up killing themselves like on the golf course one day. Gosh, and awful. I know it's terrible. And actually the person was a guest, which I feel uh, like it's so rude, but anyway, uh, I mean, uh, <laughs> like real, like anyway, there were like a lot of things, a lot of components yeah. to it. But yeah. I remember hearing from other people who were there, like they wouldn't let anyone on the golf course mm-hmm. leave until oh. everyone was questioned. So oh, even if you had to leave and like pick up a kit, well, it was most. Oh my gosh. So anyway, it was like, actually, it sounds like a novel. I should just like write it. Yeah. Now that I interview so many authors, everything that happens in life, I'm like, someone should write this novel. (laughs) You should. I I don't want to write. No, but, but it's interesting because every, it had the same sort of feel as this where like you're in a beautiful place and everything should be great. And the point of it is leisure and relaxation. And yet all of a sudden this like gorgeous spot is overrun by police and investigators trying to yeah. like solve what actually happened and right. was anyone at fault. So right. I don't right. know. Just remind oh, goosebumps. Yeah. I mean, I think tragically there are a lot of stories like that. And, you know, I think at the time I was writing this, there were some news stories about people who had, you know, from who had jumped from parking lots and things like that. And it just, it does. I'm also deathly, deathly is the wrong word, but I'm really afraid of heights. So the thought of someone falling, jumping, being pushed from a balcony is sort of my worst nightmare. And I think in some ways I got to confront that on the page and think, well, what, how would this work? And how would this happen? And what would possess someone or to push someone or to jump or to fall? Like, how would this happen? So yet another, out of my ballywick, because I'm much more a writer about friendships and relationships and marriages and things like that. So it was interesting, you know, for me, it was kind of my usual summertime fair, but with a bit of a twist. So yeah, I had definitely had to do more research for this one, but it made it interesting. But you still had the whole wedding planning element and the mm-hmm. mother-in-law figure and the, the you know, you, there's still all that like stuff. <laughs> yes. So many people have commented on the mother-in-law and my poor mother-in-law watched my opening launch virtual event and so and there's lots of discussion about the mother-in-law mother-in-law and she was you know right afterwards she called and said well, great job but boy there was a lot about the mother-in-law and there wasn't there <laughs> and I hope that wasn't me and I said oh no <laughs> and she's completely different she's nothing like them but I think a lot of people have had that experience or know somebody who has had that experience with this overbearing mother-in-law who wants to kind of relive her wedding day through her own child's wedding and so yeah Riley really couldn't couldn't I mean I shouldn't say she couldn't care less she wants a charming little wedding with her closest friends and family but nothing like this big to do that her mother-in-law is hoping for and hoping to plan at the Seafair Hotel and so those yeah those scenes were kind of fun to write but it's curious to me how many people have responded to that Oh, I can totally identify with Riley. I've heard so many times. (laughs) (laughs) How long did it take for you to write the book? So probably, I'm trying to think, overall, probably about a year and a half. And I wrote 
a first draft that was not very good. And I sent it to my editor and she had a baby in the meantime. So it took her a little while to get back to me, understandably. And when she did, she had some really good comments on Claire's character, the protagonist. And it's funny to me because when I go back, when I've had a few months and I put the put the manuscript aside and I go back with my editor's comments and I've been away from it. I intentionally don't look at it until I get it back from my editor. And you do see stuff that you wouldn't have noticed before because you're so close to it. And I don't know, maybe you felt the same way when you're putting together your anthology. You feel like, oh, this made sense, you know, five months ago or whatever. But now what was I thinking? And so you do kind of get to be the editor of your own your own stuff when you have, I appreciate having that kind of time gap in between writing the first draft and then the next revision because you do realize, oh, this really is not a good scene or this isn't working. <laughs> so, so yeah, I would say about a, a year and a half, roughly. And what are you working on now? Another summer book, but this one is set in Hull, which is a little... It's kind of like a little peninsula outside of Boston again, but it's much more working class, kind of an old fisher, fisherman's town or fishing town, I guess. And so, and it used to be known actually back in the day, I want to say like in the 50s, maybe 40s, it was this, it was the Coney Island of of New England. They had rides and Ferris wheels. And it was the place you would go. Kids would go there for school field trips. Like this was the exciting, fun place to go. And then eventually, and a lot of sort of, I'm not sure the exact families yet, so I won't name names, but a lot of wealthy people summered there in Hull. So you had this neat juxtaposition of some of the really wealthy and the working class. And anyway, all along what I say, my setting is always a character as much as my characters. And it's about three women who come together in Hull for different reasons. I'm still ironing out the plot line. I don't want to give too much away, but yeah, that's what I'm working on now. Sounds good. Thank you. So what advice would you give to aspiring authors? Oh, boy, that's a good question. <laughs> There's, you know, every, I feel like everyone answers this question so eloquently when they get it. And I never have anything that's original to say. But I do think, you know, having been a book editor before I became a writer, I think gave me a little bit of, a, of an insight into two things. You know, publishing isn't just about your book and what you're writing. It is once you get into a publishing house, it's about the marketing and the publicity and the sales. And there are all these different departments and your relationship with your editor is key, but it's also so important to understand that it's a whole machine that makes your book, you know, come to fruition. And I don't think I would have had appreciated that as much if I hadn't been in the business and kind of seen how that worked. So be grateful and listen. And, you know, I think appreciate that there are gifted artists who are working on your cover design and there are gifted people in marketing and sales who have all these creative ideas that you would never, that would never occur to you. And, and so and just to realize that it is this whole this whole team working on your book, you know, and that's kind of what makes it so great and so exciting when it does finally come out. And then just in terms of writing, I would say revise, 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 revise. That's my biggest piece of advice because it's never it's never going to be perfect, but you have to allow yourself to write your first draft, which often is not good but at least is close enough to good that you're willing to share it with your editor or your first or second readers. And then just know that you're going to get there. You will eventually get there. And it might take, you know, three drafts. It might take five or seven 
who knows, but that's, that's okay. <laughs> and that's part of the process to not, you know, get hooked up on, oh, I better revise this chapter one until it's perfect before going on to two, three, and four. Because you kind of just need to get it out there on the page to get to the book that you want it to be. That I think would be my most important piece of advice. <laughs> Allow yourself to write something that isn't great to get to the great stuff. Does Excellent. that make sense? <laughs> yes. And put some really colorful, inviting umbrellas on your cover. Yes, that's always helpful. Yes. Yeah. You want to have that's what I mean. You have to have a great design department who can you know understand your book. And yeah, that's a gorgeous cover on it. all right well wendy thank you so much thanks for coming on mom's no time to read books thanks for this great read and yeah excited to talk to you thank you thank you so much and thank you for all that you're doing for authors it's really phenomenal so thank you for being the champion for us all righty okay take care see you later bye-bye Thanks for listening to part of my June book blast. I hope you enjoy it. Come back tomorrow for more. Thanks for listening to this episode of Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram at Zibby Owens and at Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. Also sign up for my newsletter at ZibbyOwens.com and sign up for my virtual book club and meet lots of authors on Zoom every other week. Thanks so much to Steve and Ryan at Texture Sound for the sound editing. And thank you to Morning Moon Productions for providing this fantastic intro and outro music.